This morning, God's Word comes to us from the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5. We're going to be reading just the first 11 verses of this chapter. Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, this morning we return to our a series of sermons uh, on the facets of salvation. And I've suggested we should consider this series uh, looking at our salvation like one looks at a diamond. Uh, it is one diamond and very beautiful, but as you hold it up to the light, the different facets reflect different beauty of the one diamond. And we see the glory of each part. We have looked at the facet of expiation. The fact that God has removed both our guilt of sin and the sin itself. We have looked at the facet of propitiation. The truth that God's wrath toward us was covered over by the blood of Christ. And this morning, we look at the facet of reconciliation. Reconciliation, kids, speaks about, about fixing something that was broken. It talks about fixing a relationship. So if you want to kind of have a, a, a short definition of what reconciliation is, it is a removal of the brokenness and a restoration to fellowship. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. A removal of the brokenness in our relationship to God and a restoration of the fellowship to God. 
And the blessing, this facet of salvation is to us because this too is accomplished by the finished work of Jesus Christ. When we talk about reconciliation, when we use that term uh, today, when we use that term in English, uh, we often use it in terms of something that happens uh, inside of us. When we have an argument with our spouse, uh, we have an argument with our parents or our children, we have an argument with our neighbor or our coworker, and we have a broken relationship, we are at odds, and we seek to go be reconciled with them, it's often because we have had a change of heart. We have recognized that perhaps the things we said or did contributed to that brokenness, and because of that change of heart in us, we go and seek reconciliation. It speaks of something that changes in us. When the Bible uses the term reconciliation, it uses it in a different way. In fact, we might say in the exact opposite way. The word reconciliation only occurs 13 times in the New Testament. It occurs not at all in the Old Testament. But as we look at how this word reconciliation is used in Scripture, we see it still does refer to a change in the relationship. But not so much a change in us as it refers to a change in the other. When we speak about our relationship with God, reconciliation doesn't so much talk about a change from our side. It speaks of a change from God's side. It is not that, that we are no longer angry with God causing the brokenness. Reconciliation means God is no longer angry with us. To be reconciled in biblical terms speaks about a change in the other, not so much a change in us. And we see that evidenced in, in a couple texts where this term is used. We think of uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, he says in verse 23, If you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. First, be reconciled to your brother. Now, if reconciliation had to do with a change in me, in the one offering the gift, why would I have to leave the altar? My heart could change right there in front of the altar. No, this has to do with a change in the other. You remember, a brother has something against you. They are the ones who are offended. And so this seeking of reconciliation is not so much a change in me, but it's me going to them and seeing a change in them. The change is in the other, 
not in ourselves. We see that also when uh, Jesus speaks in Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, verse 57, uh, And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him, the word is reconcile, reconcile with him along the way lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer put you in prison. Here's a situation of a break in a relationship. The accuser is bringing you to the magistrate, and you are to seek reconciliation, not that you might change, but that he might change. Otherwise, he will hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and the officer puts you in prison. Biblical reconciliation speaks about a change in the other. In our relationship with God, it speaks of a change in our relationship from God's side. And that's what Paul addresses in Romans chapter 5. He says in verse 10, For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, how much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? We were enemies of God. Not so much that he was our enemy. We were his enemies. That's how he saw us. Enemies to him. Enemies to the gospel. Not that he's our enemy. We are his enemy. Because of our fallenness. Because of our sin. Because of our wickedness. That's what Paul's addressing in Romans chapter 5. He says in verse 8, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not that we cleaned ourselves up, made a change in ourselves, a change in our hearts. No, God from his side, while we were still sinners, chose to send his Son, Jesus Christ. Paul, in verses 9 and 10, is making a form of a logical argument to help demonstrate his point. The, there's, there's two parallel uh, statements in verses 9 and 10. The form of the argument is basically, since this, how much more this? That's his argument. Since this is the case, how much more this is the case? So look at verse 9. Since, therefore, we have been justified, how much more shall we be saved? Since we have been justified, how much more shall we be saved? And then in parallel words, doesn't come across in English so well, but very, very clear, in parallel words, he says, and since we have been reconciled to God, how much more shall we be saved? Since we've been justified, how much more will we be saved? Since we've been reconciled, how much more have we been saved? Now, justification, we know, is certainly from God's side. He is the one who justifies the ungodly. And in a perfect parallel pattern, Paul says, and the same is true with reconciliation. It's a change in God's side of the relationship, which is why he says in verse 11, much more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. 
Reconciliation is something we receive from God, like all the other facets of salvation. It is something God does through Jesus Christ, his Son, for our benefit, for our blessing. And it is a blessing to be reconciled to God. How is that possible? How how does that blessing come about? The blessing comes about when the offense against God is removed, when the offense is taken away. Well, how do we go about removing the offense of our sin from the eyes of God? That is something we cannot do. We cannot take our sins away. Even the best efforts we make are still fallen and sinful. Reconciliation takes place not because of something we have done, but in something God has done. Once again, from verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. How does this blessing of reconciliation come to us? It comes to us because of the death of Jesus Christ. It comes to us because of the death of the Son of God. It is that death that removes the offense of our sin. It is that death that makes way for the reconciliation in the relationship. You know by now, when we talk about the removal of our sin, the removal of our guilt, we're talking about expiation. The removal of the offense that we might be reconciled to God, that which is a blessing to us, but accomplished by Jesus Christ. He says in verse 9, Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. And we've talked about that. The covering over of God's wrath is propitiation. But interesting here, Paul seems to be referencing not so much the wrath of God over past sins, but the wrath of God that is yet to come. He said earlier in this letter, in chapter 2, verse 5, He says, because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. There is this day of judgment. There is this wrath to come. You're storing up wrath for that day. But that that wrath, too, will be covered over because the offense has been removed. God no longer in reconciliation sees us as his enemies, but God now sees us as friends. Not because of a change in us, because the offense which broke the relationship has been removed by the blood of Christ, which is why he begins this section, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. No longer enemies. We have peace with God. The guilt and sin removed. 
expiation, the wrath covered over, propitiation. We are now at peace. He doesn't see us as enemies. He sees us as friends. Reconciliation. Reconciliation, a removal of the brokenness. And the blessing continues. It's a restoration of the fellowship. We this morning are welcomed into the presence of God. Now, if you are in an unreconciled position, if you're at odds with your spouse, at odds with your kids, it's very, it's uncomfortable, it's difficult being in the same room together, sometimes even being in the same house together. If you're having an argument with your neighbor, you're probably not going to invite him over for coffee. There's, there, there's this brokenness, and, and, there, and there's a separation that takes place. But in, rec in reconciliation, there's a restoration of fellowship. And God himself invited us to come into his house today. God himself invited us to come over and to spend time in his presence as, as a demonstration the brokenness has been removed. The fellowship has been restored. We are now at peace with God. And we say, what a wonderful truth. What a wonderful blessing. What do I need to do to know this? What must I do? What's my obligation that that offense might be removed? We said, we can't remove the offense ourselves. What we can do is place our faith in the one who has removed the offense for us. What does God call us to do this morning that we might be reconciled to him, that, that the brokenness from his side might be covered over, the offense removed? Very simply, believe in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in what he has done for us. Recognize there was a break in the relationship. We were at enmity with God. He saw us as enemies because of our sin, and we could not fix that problem ourselves. But God, in His love, in His mercy, in His grace, sent His Son to remove the offense, to cover the wrath, and to mend the relationship. It is because of His blood, the offense. Which, brought, which caused the brokenness has been removed. Place your faith, your trust, your hope in that Jesus Christ alone and be reconciled to God. Put your faith in Him and know that because of Christ's finished work, we are now seen as friends. Beyond that, we are seen as family as we gather together. Recognize what Christ has done and rejoice in God. Verse 11, much more also, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice in what God has done. We rejoice in this beautiful facet of salvation. Not only the removal of our sin, not only the covering of God's wrath, but the relationship put back together. We are not at enmity. We are now God's friends. 
no longer enemies of him, now at peace with God. And so we celebrate. We rejoice in God as we gather for worship. We rejoice as we come together as his people, recognizing what he has done for us. We celebrate. We rejoice in his goodness today. We rejoice in his goodness every day of our lives, offering ourselves in loving service to him because of what he has done, because he has fixed the broken relationship, that which we could not do. Jesus Christ accomplished. And so in our homes, in our work, in our recreation, we seek to do everything we can to thank God, to thank Him for what He has done, for we have been reconciled. Reconciliation is a beautiful facet. It speaks of our relationship with God, no longer seen as enemies, now seen as friends. That which we could not do, Jesus Christ has done. We are at peace with God. If you do not know that peace today, then God calls you this morning. Be reconciled to Him. Place your faith in Jesus Christ, the one who has removed the offense, and know for yourself that wonderful peace for those who have received reconciliation. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we are so thankful for the beautiful gift of salvation, for all of its facets. Yes, Lord God, we are thankful that you have removed our sin and our guilt. We are thankful that your wrath has been covered over. And beyond those two wonderful realities, O God, you do not hold us at arm's length, but you bring us in. The brokenness is removed. We are no longer your enemies. We are now your friends, your family. Oh, Lord God, may we rejoice in this glorious facet. May we rejoice in this glorious truth and leave today with a greater desire to show you our love, to show you our devotion for the perfect work which you have accomplished in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord God, hear our prayer, for we offer it in his name. Amen.